Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this episode of The Grow Guides, we're going to be talking about parenting whilst growing cannabis. And the panel shares some stories about when their parents found out that they use cannabis. Uh, we share some advice on what to do if you discover that your kids have started using cannabis and what to do if they discover your grow as well. And there's a lot of real good advice in this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. On the panel, we have Chad Westport, who was there for the Cannabis News and Events on Monday. And we also have the High Ladies come and join us as well. Both are great friends of the show, and it would be awesome if you could go and check out their podcasts as well. Chad has many podcasts. You can find him on YouTube. Just search for Chad Westport. And also the High Ladies also have an epic podcast. They are an award-winning podcast now. They won an award for the best podcast. So make sure you go check them out if you haven't already. They've been on the show many times before, so if you're a regular listener of our show, you should have already checked them guys out. But if you haven't checked them out yet, then just go find them. Just search for The High Ladies on whatever network you download this show from, and you'll be able to find them. But anyway, let's get stuck in with the Grow Guides episode. I hope you enjoy it. It's real useful. It's a great conversation, and we have a great laugh during it as well. So roll yourself something nice, get a little bit high, and enjoy this episode of Grow Guides. And I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. Yeah, so joining us for the Grow Guides today, we do have special guest guy, a.k.a. Chad Chad Westport. Hey, guys. Chad Westport checking in from the West Coast of the United States, ready to help you grow. Yes, and we also have the award-winning High Ladies. Hi, ladies. Hi, ladies. <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> Hi, guys. Yes. And Marge. And Marge. <laughs> and and the, t- the topic this week as well is we saw, well, I saw over on Instagram that you've recently covered this topic as well, which is uh, parenting and cannabis. Right. Yeah. You, you had an episode about this recently. Well, we talk about it all the time on the podcast. It's right. definitely a main theme of ours. Both of us have two children. Um, we well, you have two children and I have two children. Yeah, well, yes, we don't have them together. So there's four <laughs> in total. <laughs> and we do parent slightly differently um, from each other as far as cannabis is concerned. Mm-hmm. And everybody does it differently. So it is a, a subject that comes up a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. this weekend we were on a panel at this expo, at Can Expo Toronto, it was a panel of six or seven of us talking specifically about cannabis and parenting. Sweet. Yeah, it seems to be a topic that's been brought up a few times from our audience. You know, we've had message, messages over the last few weeks asking us to do a cannabis and parenting. And we have like a, a list of 10 shows lined up uh, with the topics that we're going to be covering over like, the next 10 episodes. And cannabis and parenting is one of those, which is what we're getting to now. And I think there's a lot of cannabis podcasts out there and none of them really cover this. It's very rare for a podcast to cover it. At least, I mean, you guys do being the high ladies, but not many other ones seem to have covered it. So I thought it would be a good topic to go over. Absolutely. And it's super important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the more we talk about it, the more we end the stigma around it and the more parents will come out to each other. And then the the, The the more we'll all be. Yeah. And the more our community will grow. 
I often say, especially here in Canada, because cannabis is legal, our children are going to grow up in a world where this has always been a thing. Mm. That dispensaries are there, that it's legal. They won't remember pre-legalization. So it is something that we need to make them aware of and discuss. Mm -hmm. And not just let the educational system do it for us. That's right. For sure, because they won't do it right, you know. Uh, right. A couple of weeks ago, I discussed this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if it was during one of the breaks or if it made it to an episode, but uh, my daughter I was talking to her in the car and she said to me, isn't heroin and weed the same thing? That you did put that in the episode. I was listening to it. We it's, had a discussion about that, yeah. actually. Like what the actual fuck? The cool say, right? Yeah, it, it's like and we, we trust these people to educate our children and this is what they teach them it's an absolute yeah. farce man that's why we have to have this the discussion yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and well let's start off here with what our parents thought when they found out we were cannabis smokers if they found out all i mean monkey it's something that you hid from your mother for a whole life right absolutely she actually never knew that i was involved in cannabis whatsoever in her mind uh, oh, the uh, the facts of reefer madness were completely accurate. That would out have killed the entire family in her mind. So, <laughs> no, she never knew. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a hard thing if it's a part of your life, an intimate part of your life, to hide from somebody that you are close to. Mm-hmm. That's, what to about hide you, that part of yourself. Yeah, but it wasn't really something that I think that she would have accepted, and uh, definitely me sharing it wouldn't have improved her life at all. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. good there you just let it go yeah what about you Bubba Hawk what, what was your parents reaction do they know uh, oh yeah <laughs> they <know. laughs> um yeah they they found out fairly early um my parents split when I was younger so we moved to the other side of the country and I started I started like I was hanging around with the boys and um doing stuff and I probably would have been late 12 early 13 when i had my first cone and then so 20 odd years it's been now explains Um, a lot bro explains and then (laughs) thanks bro (laughs) um yeah no they found they found out because uh we were moving back over to the east coast and i would have been 15 at the time so i'd managed to hide it for a good few years and uh i was cleaning up the room as you do. And I was at that stage in my you know, cannabis smoking career where I decided that, it, you know, I'm going to branch out and try and make bongs out of different things. And so, you know, I had a pot puree vase that I'd turned into a bong. I had a two liter bottle with all these hooker things coming out of it. And uh, obviously told I've, we're leaving. So you're going to have to clean your shit out. So I started cleaning the room, chucked it all in a plastic bag, put some old paper on top of it, put it in the bin, thought nothing of it. Um, off I toddled to school, come back in the afternoon and uh, pulled into the parents' room and there was about 13 bongs laid out <laughs> on the bed oh. with a trash can. And your mum was uh, asleep. Uh, <laughs> and an that hurts. Mom. That hurts. So, uh, yeah, I got a talking to, and then I got told that I had to go and research it because they thought that that was going to stop me and, uh, yeah, went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I've been smoking since then. They know, and even now, I mean, like it's taken it's taken twenty odd years, but mm-hmm. they um 
you know, my, my old boy's always been good with it. He's, he doesn't really care. He's like, yeah, I know it's all good. Don't, you know, I'm not stressed about it, mm-hmm. but mum, mum's been hard. Um, you know, she's always been a little bit anxious with it, Yeah, but it's, um, but yeah, now re- recently she's been really good. She's actually asked me more questions about it. Sweet. Um, so just been really cool. Now for me, I, I mean, being from the UK, a lot of people from the UK will also uh, know this shit. But, you know, we had this soap bar, which was like hash, but it wasn't good shit. It was terrible, <laughs> terrible shit. And I smoked that from when I was like 15, 16, smoked for a couple of years, just soap bar, because you couldn't really get hold of uh, green, is what we called it back then, which was the buds. Couldn't get hold of that easily. And uh, it was on New Year's Eve one day because I don't really consider that as me smoking weed because it wasn't really weed. It's just soap bar, man. I was just poisoning myself at that point. But uh, it was New Year's Eve. I think it was 1999 on New Year's Eve. And my mum's friends came round and they bought skunk. <laughs> Mind altering oh. super skunk. You know, the stuff. <laughs> and I was, there was like, do you want some? I was like, yeah, I smoke. It was like, well, you, you smoke weed? I was like, yeah, because, you know, smoke solids. It's all the same thing, right? But and then I smoked some of this fucking this bud and it wrecked me, man. I remember being sick in the back garden. You know, I had to go to bed. You know, before the clock turned twelve and shit, I was in bed asleep, whited like a motherfucker. But yeah, that was my first real experience with cannabis. And my mother was obviously there. She didn't really mind too much. So you know, uh, she was okay with it. But there was this one time me and my brother, we smoked a lot of weed from that point. You know, we managed to get some green and we were smoking that and we was watching WWE. Remember? <laughs> oh, my God, JR. You know the TV show. <laughs> and it was like um, some special event was on. It's like two o'clock in the morning. Me and my brother are smoking downstairs in the living room. We're stoned. Stoned. You know, when you first start getting into weed, you know, you got the giggles and shit. Remember the giggles? Yeah. <laughs> And we're trying to be quiet. It's two o'clock in the morning, but it's still too loud. My mother comes bursting into the living room and she's like, that's it, enough. No more of these drugs in my house. (laughs) (laughs) But me and my brother were super high and we were young. And, you know, we we was high as fuck, man. And we just held that, you know, when you just hold it in like. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just start fucking laughing at her. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Even though it wasn't so funny then because she. No, she wasn't happy about it, but goddamn, that was a funny experience. <clears throat> Good times smoking weed when you're young. What about you, Marge? What did your parents say? Did they find out? Did they know? Oh, they found out, and they were not happy about it at all. Oh, they, uh, I grew up in a pretty religious household, though, and by the time I was a teenager, I was kind of like, you know, just rebelling against all that stuff. And then on top of that, my parents had kids late in life, Sorry. so... Uh, And my dad had retired early and my mom was the stay-at-home mom while she was raising us kids. So they were home all the fucking time. So it was not a good combination because (laughs) they didn't believe that I should be smoking weed because it was against the Bible and all this stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, but they had very different approaches about it. Like I definitely fought with my mom a lot more about stuff just as a teenager. And I remember one time I got caught with like a quarter of hash and they were like threatening to like flush it and do all this stuff. My mom and I got in this huge fight. And then my dad was like, you know, he kind of separated us because we were yelling at each other. And then he sat down and he like, we talked about it. Like we talked about hash and how it wasn't this, you know, terrible thing that they're preaching in the schools at the time. Cause that was like the time of like the dare programs and these ridiculous assemblies that they forced you to go to and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
he gave me back the hash actually yeah i think i said i might i said i was gonna flush it which i did not but (laughs) (laughs) so you know they kind of always had that like attitude for a long time but then as they got older they relaxed a little bit now my mom's passed away like about six years ago and my dad after it went legal he's just like well it's legal now he's been on my podcast he was on my podcast a long time ago but he came on to talk about it he'll let me like grow weed at his house I can put floor plants out there he'll never smoke it with me he Mm. has taken some like cbd edibles and you know topicals and stuff like that but i mean he's gonna be 92 this year so he's Mm. not gonna change his mind yes but he's just very much like yeah it's cool you're doing this podcast and you're into edibles and you can grow weed at my house and he's like yes it's legal now (laughs) so they've definitely changed their tune over the years but when i was a teenager uh it caused a lot of conflict at home. Let's just say that. Cause my mom actually also joined like some kind of support group for parents who kids, whose kids were doing drugs. Worse. Cause there was like so much propaganda in that too. And you know, and there's loads of moms there. Like my oh son my- is smoking crack and sucking dick for rock. And yeah, <laughs> like my daughter smokes weed. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> every time I came home, like I, I have a sweet tooth. That's no secret. And I still enjoy peanut butter and honey sandwiches, but I would come home and like eat peanut butter and honey sandwiches. Sometimes I was high. Sometimes I wasn't, but she always assumed I was high. I was probably high more often than not, still. She's saying making these sandwiches and being like, are you high? So it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. After a while, just say, yeah. I mean, come on. I know, but it would cause fights and conflict. Mm -hmm. Shit that I didn't want to deal with. Because they like I smoked cigarettes at the time too. And we lived in this like rural property and they hated that I smoked cigarettes. So they would be like, at one point they told me I had to go to the end of the driveway and they put a stump at the end of the driveway for me to sit on while I smoked cigarettes. (laughs) Like it was like 150 feet from the house. Like (laughs) wait a minute. They they moved the stump 150 feet. (laughs) You know, this is the smoking stump. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, hardcore yeah, in Canada. Yeah. They move your stump. Yeah, the smoking stump. It was Jeez. my sister just laughed at me. <laughs> yeah. What about you, yeah. Chad? Did you what was your story? What was your origin story, skateboarder guy? <laughs> you know, I never explicitly had the conversation or my parents knew about it. Mm. I can kind of like almost assume that they would have to assume just giving my persona. I also moved out when I was 16 though. So I, I only started smoking when I was probably about 14, which Sorry. is again, young. Um, but yeah, we never explicitly had the conversation. There was a time when I was like early twenties, I had um, just moved back up from California and I was staying at their house for like a week or two until the apartment was ready and I remember I was going through some of my boxes and I had, I found a little roach. I was like, oh, sweet. Parents aren't supposed to be home for hours. They're at work, right? Light up the joint, smoke it in the garage. Mom came home like 10 minutes later. <laughs> it's a little funny in here. I'm like, look, don't tell dad. It'll never happen again. That's the extent of it. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Just don't let the big guy know. <laughs> oh, dude, I would have been. Yeah, I would have been on the front of a newspaper murdered. But <laughs> it's just, since then, though, it's it's CBD has kind of been our gateway to conversations now. Like they're fully aware mm. of what I do as far as, you know, I do podcasts about cannabis. I get paid to write articles about cannabis. Mm-hmm. But 
we've never said I smoke cannabis. So now we just kind of use CBD as that bridge. They'll every now and then ask me a few questions and I overindulge them with the answer. Um, but yeah, it's one of those weird things, man. Never had that conversation with my parents. And that's why I'm really glad that you guys are doing this today. And the High Ladies podcast talks about it. Because one thing I always say about growing is you only get so many chances per year. And when it comes to kids and this, you only get so many chances per life. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to mm-hmm. like, share our experiences and crowdsource it, we're able to have so much more information to make our decision from. So mm-hmm. excellent topic for discussion. Mm-hmm. What about the highlighters? What was your experience? Do your parents know about your dirty smoking habits? <laughs> um, well, yeah, actually they do. Um, I started, Amanda started smoking weed around 15 years old and it was a, it was an issue to say the least, mm. um, until I moved out. And I was about, I think I was like 19 or 20 when I moved out. And it's always been a problem. And then when I entered the industry, like at legalization, it was not like nobody was okay with it. Wow. Not, supportive, not supportive, very anti-supportive. <laughs> wow. Very anti-supportive, we'll, we'll call it that. And then, and now I think they just don't give a fuck. Hmm. I think that's what it ignorance is, is bliss kind of thing. Yeah, right. They're like, you know, if we just let her do it, she'll maybe she'll grow out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm coming up on 20 years of smoking weed. Um, and actually, one of my experiences was that uh, my my parents were really super against it. And I had an uncle, my my mother's brother, who was a cannabis consumer, and he watched me go through like so many arguments and so much like turmoil. I remember my mother calling him in tears, you know, complaining about me smoking weed. Um, and he never told me that he smoked weed. No, look, at, look how his sister reacted, you know? <laughs> well, she, like my mom knew that her mm. brother smoked weed. And oh, like, right. I feel like if he had of, if he had of opened up and been like, Hey, I'm uh, I'm pretty successful. I'm I'm a good human and a good parent, and you will be too. Don't let this be your like. Maybe he just didn't want to share his stash with you. <laughs> <laughs> a, a whole bunch of reasons, but I actually I, I got the opportunity to call him out. Um, I think last year, and I got to like sit down and be like, you know, you really could have been a good influence on my life, and you probably could have like guided me. Mm. And you didn't. You lost that chance. Yeah. So, but Annie had a very different experience. I feel like my story, I feel blessed right now. <laughs> After hearing of... all these horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the daughter of two artists. So right. my experience was very different. And listening to all of you, I was thinking, I remember this time, my girl, when I was 16, I said, I'm either moving out of the house or I'm moving to the basement. So I moved to the basement. <laughs> and the laundry was in the basement. So every so often, my mom would have to come through to do laundry things. And I was down there with my girlfriend at the time. I was probably 17. And we were rolling joints on my bed because we were going to go out and party. And before my mom came down the stairs, she sort of jokingly yelled, put the drugs away, girls. I'm coming down. <laughs> and we thought, oh, that's so funny. She has no idea. <laughs> and then years and years later, when I was in my early 20s, I started actually smoking cannabis with my mom. And with other members of my family, including an uncle who was in the government at the time. 
And I asked her about that time and she's like, the floor, we live in a 1920s house. There's no insulation. I could hear everything you girls were doing through the air vents. I knew you were rolling joints. <laughs> you know, I could hear the papers rustling. Think I don't know that sound? Listening <laughs> to hear where I hide my stash, right? But she's like, I wanted to give you the anonymity to for me not to catch you, for you to have that as part of your life, as part of your growing up. I knew exactly what you were doing. You were living in my house. So I was able to monitor you and I knew you were doing well. Mm-hmm. I was a great student and all that. And she's like, if you had started to slip and not do well in school and all your other things, I would have called you out, but you were balancing. So I didn't. Um, yes. I briefly mentioned there that when I was in my early twenties and of age, my mother and I smoked all the time together i would mm-hmm. come home from university come home from work and we would have a, a, a joint together at the kitchen table and have a cup of tea together and hash out our days and what was going on and it really bonded us and that especially in the 20s you you lose that contact and connection with your child and it really helped us you know maintain that mm. um and there wasn't alcohol in my house growing up. So after things like Thanksgiving dinner, we would smoke a joint and pass it around the table nice. instead of having alcohol. So it was a very natural thing for us. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually helped because when you have everybody hiding everything from each other, then that's, you know, bad things happen in the darkness. Yeah. Uh, that's it man uh, being open and honest with your children and real with them about these things it seems to be the best approach and uh, i mean that's what we can segue on to next if anybody in the chat out there wants to leave something in the comments you know what would you do if you found out your kids were smoking what would your reaction be or what was your reaction if you have found out about your children have smoked but uh it's a difficult one i think we you have to take each kid separately and i think the approach which annie was saying there it was annie right who said uh as long as the grades aren't slipping, it's okay. But exactly. it's not it's not exactly. like okay. It's not like you want your kids to do it. But as long as they they are still progressing and doing well in school, then that's gonna be the most important factor. You know, you gotta let your kids grow up, man. You gotta let your kids learn from their mistakes if it is a mistake, you know, but learn who they are at the same time, live their own Back individual handle. lives. I know that I would prefer when that time comes that my kids are experimenting with all kinds of things that they choose cannabis over alcohol. Uh, mm-hmm, anyway. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially right? if you have daughters. It's like, no, don't touch that devil alcohol shit where you'll be passed out. You know, people spiking yeah, your drinking shit. Stick to the weed, man. Stick to the weed. Yep. But also if they have questions and they want to learn more that they know that they can come to you Mm -hmm. as a safe source of information, especially, I mean, everybody here in this conversation know more than the average person about cannabis. If my children are going to want to experiment with that and learn about that, I want them to feel comfortable coming to me so that I know they're getting it from a safe source that I know that, you know, I could talk to them about, you know, if you're going to do an edible, Mm -hmm. you need to start low and go slow and, an hour in, if you're not feeling anything, do not eat the other half of the brownie. Wait another half hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so well so they can they can learn that in a safe way as well. As it, proper education is important, man. And they won't get that from school in any matter, really. You know, you've really got to try and educate your kids yourself as much as you possibly can because you care more about them than anybody else does. 
Yeah, I do remember my first cannabis experience. I mean, just like most of you guys here are saying, I went way overboard. I do remember having a terrible time the first time. Right. So it would have been nice to have a parent to kind of guide me there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Billy just said something here in the chat, which was good for a change, Billy. Well done. So let's let's just round of applause for Billy here. for Legit comment with no sexual innuendo in it and shit. Uh -oh. But he said, uh, be honest, tell the truth, lie, and they will not trust you with many other issues. And that's it, man. It hits the nail on the head right there. Yeah. You know, if You're... they need to feel like they can talk to you about anything, not just drugs, but about anything. You are Absolutely. their support network. Sorry. Yeah, dr drugs, drugs are the easy uh, <laughs> conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> really and truly. If I could do that, what, every day? Yeah, every day. Sex talk, you know? <laughs> let's talk drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, let's not talk about that sex. Let's talk about cocaine. You know? <laughs> but my, my little girl, she's 12, and she's recently uh, learning about drugs and stuff at school, and she's been asking me a lot of questions, like, Dad, what drugs have you done? And I'm like, I've done uh, this one, 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 this one. She's like, whoa, you've done a lot of drugs. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I was young once. <laughs> I don't do them anymore. But, I was like, well, that kind of drugs I haven't done because that's so much easier. <laughs> no, for sure. Absolutely is. Absolutely. Sorry, Chad, that you were saying something. I was just going to say that kind of seems like the the fine line that people have a hard time balancing is between the education and between the glorification mm -hmm, aspect mm -hmm, of it. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we've all probably had some pretty like wicked nights, but those aren't the stories we're telling our kids when they ask us about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's no, but just. I, but I also don't want to share the scary stories with them either. Mm. Right. Like when when things haven't gone exactly the way that I had expected them. I don't really want to share those, uh, for lack of a better word, like those traumatic experiences either, because I want them to, I, I just want to be able to give my children the facts mm -hmm. and then have them ask questions around that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I'd like to advise my kids though, to, um, if you're going to do that for the first time, do it with people you trust. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do it with people you trust. Yeah. And in a place that's safe, mm -hmm. like, yeah. I'd much rather have the kids smoking weed and then hanging out in my basement then at out at a park that's right man absolutely well, you're old enough now hit this let's play some nintendo because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i find if you have your kids at your house you know in your basement then you also know who they're hanging out with mm. which if they're out mm -hmm. somewhere you have no idea who their friends are because you never meet them but when they're in mm -hmm. your house you meet the friends you figure out which ones you know are good <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which ones might not be or whatever pretty quick and then we always told our kids as well, like, if you are out somewhere and it's like 2 a.m. or whatever, and you find yourself in a jam, never hesitate to call us. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. a firm rule as well. Like, we're not going to be, like, hammering you with all kinds of questions about what's going on. Just call. We'll come and get you. No questions asked. Yeah, yeah that needs to be yeah. a blanket statement there. You know, you get a free one. one. One a year, I won't ask you any questions. Just make the call. I'll come get you. Yeah. Done. It's so difficult, isn't it? Because your kids, they need to be afraid of uh, disappointing you to some extent because you know you don't they, they don't want to fuck up but they also need to be confident to be able to contact you and talk to you about anything without you getting angry and upset with them at the same time it's a fine balance man it's difficult they'll yeah. still feel like they're disappointing you if they call you mm -hmm. even though you're not gonna make a big deal of it you don't have to worry about that <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah kids are hard on themselves yeah i was yeah. a kid once yeah. i remember that Sometimes but, it's the unsaid that's the most damaging. That's right. <laughs> that's, 
I'm not upset. I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, that's you know, oh, no, it's the worst line you can call. Oh pay. man, yeah, twist the knife. <laughs> no, I'm not upset. I'm disappointed. This weed is terrible. Yeah, this <laughs> is trash. You uh, smoked it all and didn't save me any. You could have come to me. I've got fine ass lemon tree right here. <laughs> <laughs> But this is one of the difficult things. I mean, you can have the conversation with your kids and make sure that they're well-informed about drugs and know that they can come and talk to you whenever they want to. But when it comes to your shit, you know, especially here in the UK, cannabis is still illegal. And, you know, growing cannabis in an illegal place, you have that rule number one, man, don't tell. You know, mm-hmm. you can't let anybody know about your, uh, your, your illegal hobby. And when you live in your house with your kids it's going to be very difficult to try and keep that hidden from them. But you don't want them finding out because that might go and tell somebody and then, you know, people know about you grow. So how, how do we deal with that? That's a difficult question, man. It's a difficult thing to deal with. For, for one, you have to make sure that they never enter the room, which the grow is going on in, which is difficult to do because, you know, they live in the same house. So what would you do? I think my approach would be a little bit different. Right. I, I think I would bring them into the room. And right. I think that there would be a conversation around not all things that are illegal are bad. Mm-hmm. And this is why we do this. And this is how this helps me. And, you know, we can't let people on the outside know in your case, because, you know, these are the reasons. And but this is a plant that is helping people and it's for adults and yeah. it's used for medicine. And we talk a lot about language is important. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, referring to cannabis refer to it as cannabis speak about it as a medicine make sure you you know, back up the fact that there are adult things like alcohol cannabis is one of those things and when you're of an age and your brain isn't so mushy if you choose to try that we'll cross that bridge when we get there but this is why this is happening so amanda and i actually like we parent a bit differently i because of my upbringing have been completely open with my children mm-hmm they've i grow i don't grow indoors anymore because my grow room turned into our recording studio mm-hmm. um sorry and it was too much work trying to keep the children alive and, and my plants alive it was like, okay i'm gonna keep the children alive and i'll just grow a lot in the summer um but i do grow in the garden and i grow tomatoes and all that and so when they were little we you know they would ask what it was i'd say that's a tomato we eat it that's cannabis that's my medicine that helps daddy go to sleep this is a cucumber and as you grow up, you, you know, the, the conversation gets deeper and more involved. Um, but the anything your parents do is boring and old. So my kids know that I use cannabis to sleep or for pain or whatever. To them, it's like the most boring thing in the world. They could not mm. give a flying fuck. My nine-year-old, a friend of mine uh, gifted me a, a jar of cannabis and it was on my counter. I just, you know, I put it down. I was going about, my daughter walked into the room. She saw it and she looked at it. She was, oh, wow, mommy, that's a lot of cannabis. Can I have a bar? <laughs> she did not care about it. It was like, oh, wow, that's whatever. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Feed me. because, And that's, I think, takes also the, you know, it makes it less illicit for them. So... I don't think it will encourage them to do it. I think mm. it, in the end, it will have the opposite. And that they'll be, that's a boring thing that's used by old people for, for pain. Yeah, and I think yeah. it also, well, I think when we bring our kids into the conversation, um, 
I think we can trust them with that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they deserve that information. Well, my oldest that, boy yeah. is uh, he's nearly 16 now. And he's known for a while about Mogro because, you know, I trust him to not talk to his friends about it. You know, he's, he doesn't seem like that kid to try and brag about something like that. So he yeah, knows well, about I... the activities that I do. But the younger kids don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it, it's one of those things that I have that discussion with them when I need to. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I wouldn't just I, I bring them into the room and be like, "Look at these, aren't they cool?" The thing <laughs> is, it for me that I always want to, I want the information to come from me first, mm-hmm. and and then go out into the world, so that when my maybe you know somebody had a friend over and is like, "Wow, your house sure is kind of stinky this week." <laughs> Right. And, you know, and then they start talking at lunchtime with some other kids and then they find like, you know, and then your kids coming back like, hey, our house smells sometimes. Are you growing weed in the house? Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'd rather at least for me, but everybody in that thing, like everybody parents approach. I think it's a layered approach. You start just like edibles. You start low and go slow. You start with a little bit of information and keep layering on that little bit of information. Like you like your sex talk doesn't start with like this is what happens. It starts with <laughs> yeah. birds and, and there's bees and, and they make little baby birds and bees and all of that and you kind of work up from there. Mm-hmm. A layered approach. What do you think about this, Chad? What do you think? What is the right approach when it comes to educating children about cannabis? It's it's a hard one for me to speak on because I don't actually have kids myself. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to being that fun uncle that hopefully, you know, I do want to kind of take it if if they ask from just like an honest, almost harm reduction approach. But like you all were saying, um, I don't want to give them preconceived notions. I want to make sure that they're safe. I want to make sure that they're educated. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to scare them or glamorize it too much, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. So I, hard for me to hard for me to say not being that parent. But uh, I think education and honesty is great. Yeah. It's the most important thing, isn't it? It's yeah. proper education, man. Because uh, Billy said here in the chat as well, uh, don't be scared to educate your child or someone else will. Uh, and that, that's it pretty much. You know, you want to put the information across properly in a way that your kid will understand. But at the same time, like Chad said, you don't want to glorify it at the same time. You don't want them having the conversation and then leaving and being like, I'm going to go find myself some weed. You don't want to try and push them in that direction. But It's such a, a difficult balance to find. What do you think, Monkey? What's your thoughts on this? Um, well, I mean, with me, I did not have the talk with my kids until they were older. We were in the woods alone for a week. That's what you wanted to do. All right, Dad, let's go. And when you're in a, when you're uh, just one-on-one for an entire week in the woods with just your daughter, you talk about literally anything and mm-hmm. everything. They're, they're, and so, uh, yeah, the conversation come up, you know, it's like, well, what were your experiences in college? Did you try any drugs? What did you do? Well, I did try cannabis, or she called it pot. Um, how did you like it? Well, not very much. It, it, da, 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 like that. So, I mean, that was that conversation there. And when I tried to have the similar conversation with my, my son, I think somebody talked about an intimidation factor here. He right. listened, but wouldn't say anything like he was afraid to say anything. So like that. So I wish in a way that I would have been able to start younger talking to my kids, but, but 
Um, there's an environmental factor down here in the South where you, you're, uh, you've got societal pressures, church pressures, mm-hmm. many different things in the education, even the DARE programs and all these things that are working against you that I felt like it would be a higher risk for me at the, uh, when they were younger to try and do anything in my home and get caught. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I waited till they were older and uh, I could talk to them before I even started growing and, and using cannabis openly in front of them. But mm-hmm. I, I hit it. I hit it from them for years. Yeah. And, it's and, something you have to do when it's illegal as well. You just don't want other people finding out. You just end up in the shit. Well, yeah. And that's just it. You know, I, um, you always think that, well, surely my kids wouldn't say anything. But at the, at the same time, uh, I'm just going like, yeah, if he's angry or or. Or any just, you know, something comes out kind of thing mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I uh, think that's kind of protecting your kids too, though, in, in, way, in that yeah. sense. Yeah, I would hate, it would be horrible for him to feel bad if I got, if, I, if he turned me in and next thing you know, I'm in jail. Yeah. So is it better for me just to keep quiet? In this situation, knowing my children, I thought it was better. Um, it's not for everybody. Sometimes you have to do that, though, mm-hmm. depending upon where you are. You're going to be the cool uncle as well, I suppose. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same same position as uh, Chad, really. I mean, I, I you know, I've got uh, nieces and nephews across the board now that are old enough that they have tried it and I've smoked with them um, and others that are too young to even consider it. Or they're still running around in diapers. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. All, all my brothers and and that know who I am, what I do, how long I've been smoking for. So there's no, um, there's nothing hidden there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not between the brothers anyway. They all know. So, you know, and they they all know what I'm like and the research I've done. So, um, you know, I'm just open with them. And whenever they come around, if they've got the kids with them, I mean, I've got I've got a, I've got a lock on the door. There's no reason for for them to go into that room, and I mean, my house smells like weed all the time anyway. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if it smells a little stanky, well, I've just had had a few more dabs than I usually would have. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah, so, it's a fine yeah. balance, isn't it, man? Picking what you need to do, especially yeah. if you're in the in an illegal place compared to you in a legal place. That that's a, a big factor in the first place. Of which side you what you're gonna do? You know, if your kids find out. But I think if your kids do find out, like they come into the room, see the grow tent, you're like, oh shit, then it's time to have an honest conversation with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could I could get that. Um, my son walked in and I was sitting there puffing on a pipe one day and I just turned around to him cal- calmly and says, yeah, what can I help you with? There's nothing else I could do at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a difficult one, man. And everybody does their own thing. You know, parenting is one of those things like making wine. You won't know for a very long time if you've done a good job of it or not. Mm-hmm. You just have to hope for the best. Yeah. But proper education is the key, man. You have to, when your kids get to the right age, and that will be a different age depending on the child. You know, some kids will be able to handle it when they're 12 to have that conversation with them. Some might not be able to handle it till they're 18. You know, yeah. but making sure that they are properly informed about these things is very important, man. I like the way Annie approached it, though, with the openness with the children. And I do wish that I could have been that way. But unfortunately, because of the laws here, mm-hmm. I, I was frankly afraid to be open. Yeah. If they go to school and they were like, yeah, my, my dad grows plants in his bedroom. Oh, yeah. You could see the drug cops coming in here and starting a conversation. <laughs> and the hand goes up. My daddy's got. Yeah, no, thank you. Not doing that. That yeah. smells like my daddy's room. And, and it happens because we mm-hmm. hear that news story every year. 
Mm-hmm. But there's that one, there's a video, and it's been viral. It's been all over the internet. With the little girl, she, her dad is like, <laughs> uh, why did your teacher phone me and say that I was growing weed? Yeah. And it's like, because you do grow weed. It's like, show me the weed. And she goes out into the back garden and points at all the, the weeds and the cracks of the fucking, in all, all the slabs. Like, that's weed, yeah. that's weed, yeah. that's weed. And it's like, if you were actually growing weed and that happened, you'd be shitting it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting to have this conversation being a global conversation because it really seems that, you know, depending on the laws of your lands, it really will affect it. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're in place that like you Mackie where it's you know illegal you're jumping a hurdle that we don't have to jump because it is legal here and I always say because it's legal in Canada our children are going to grow up in a world where it's legal Mm -hmm. so it's going to be around and you're not going to get in trouble for growing your four plants or Mm -hmm. for having your set amount of cannabis but it's an extra layer on the onion for you guys because Mm -hmm. There's you want to do what's best for your and kids fear but fear puts us into back alleys and fear puts us into the mm. dark and that's that yeah. is exactly why cannabis should be legal mm-hmm. globally it's one of these things you want to keep your kids protected as as much as possible but if they tell the wrong person if they find out they go to school tell the teacher you could have your kids taken from you and put into care you know into social services and shit like that which is not good for any kid you know, it, just for being in possession of a cannabis plant, it, and that will cause more damage on them than anything else. That's crazy shit. It's a it's a fine balance, man. It's a difficult thing, and it, it's going to differ from person to person. So everybody needs to know their their own child. They need to know their own circumstances, and try and make the decision w- without using emotion to make the decision. You know, make a, a rationally based decision on what's the best approach for you and how you handle this. You know, my youngest boy, he's homeschooled, so he, I don't have to worry about him telling teachers and stuff. So he's seen Mark Rotent many times. You know, he's seen the plants. It's nothing to him. It's just an ordinary thing. But then exactly. he started to do scouts, right? So he's at uh, Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. and I'll pick him up from scouts one day, and they've uh, I've discussed this recently on the podcast as well. He's like, he's growing plants now, and they've given him some, some plants to grow to get his gardening badge. And, you know, as soon as he left the scout club, I was like, you didn't mention anything about any of my plants, did you, bro? You did. <laughs> and he'd be like, my dad grows plants. <laughs> you know, he has lights in his bedroom. I'll be able to put this underneath that invisible sun and it'll be fine. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you got to watch what people say sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. my uh, my brother-in-law was talking to my, sis- my, my wife uh, on her birthday and mentioned about something. He just bought a secondhand grow light. And we're both going like, hmm? why do you yeah. need a grow light? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy shit, man. You have to be very careful with the approach you take. But, you know, your kids are the most important thing out of anything. You know, that's the same thing that most parents would agree to. So making sure that they're properly informed and properly educated is going to be the most important thing, man. You just have to try and hope for the best sometimes because if they know about it and you don't talk to them about it, they're still going to go out there and talk to people about that shit. You know, it's, it's just the way it is, man. So it's better to make sure that they're properly informed and know the dangers of talking about it. Yeah. I wish if my kids do decide to take it up, it'd come to me for the weed because at least I know it would be safe. I was going to say, we're trying to get some background paid. 
Why are you trying to get some of the background? <laughs> if, if the kids came to you for weed, you could sell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> bad joke. Bad joke. I get it. I get it. It's a good point that you, you want to know, like, they're going to do what they're going to do. Right. Wouldn't you like to know that they're doing it in the best, healthiest manner? With a safe supply, right? Exactly. In, in a safe place with a safe supply, uh, responsibly uh, consuming mm -hmm. the whole thing. Yes, absolutely. As a mm -hmm. parent, that's what I want. Yeah, it's a difficult one, man. But the, the, I mean, we can't stress enough how how important it is to be open and honest with your children because they need to be able to come to you with anything. You know, you are their support network. You are their rock. If they need to know something about anything, they need to feel comfortable coming to the parents and asking them important questions. And they are so much more perceptive than we give them credit for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they know so much more. And if they are if they perceive and they know, and this is often the case, that you are using cannabis and you are hiding it from them, mm -hmm. then what messaging does that give to them? Mm. Right. This is a dirty exactly. thing that needs to be hidden. Right. Well, that's what we were taught, though, back in the day. If our parents caught us back in the day, you were in big trouble. So, yeah, it was a dirty thing to us, even. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point, because with, like, my nieces and nephews, like, I've never said I smoked. I don't think they smoke. They're now teenagers, but it, you know, it kind of takes one to know one. And so that's a mm -hmm. good point. Like sometimes we think we may be slick or hiding things from people, but if somebody else knows, geez, why does he always have a black spot on his lighter? You know, mm -hmm. little things that will tip them <laughs> off. So perceptive. They know a lot more than you think they do. We were pretty open with our kids. Like they knew that I made edibles and did all that kind of thing. And I knew they were smoking and stuff. And now they're all young adults. And I'd say they all they all still smoke or use cannabis, but they have very healthy relationships with it because, mm -hmm. you know, and then they come over to my house and I'm giving them weed and, you know, <laughs> sharing edibles with them and stuff. And it's kind of fun. But when you come out on the other side, after being able to like educate them and be open about it, it's it's nice to come out on the other side and see them have this healthy relationship. Yeah, I mean, that that's something I think about. My oldest daughter, she doesn't live with me. You know, she's nearly 18. No, she'll be 18 mm -hmm. soon. And she's got a boyfriend and stuff. And I told you before that uh, there was in the car and I, I'm sure I could smell weed. You know, it's like... So what do they smell like weed? Does he smell like weed to her new boyfriend? You know, just wondering if he smells like weed. Maybe they do smoke weed. And it would be nice to find out. And, you know, they're old enough for me to be like, yeah, I'll blaze some of that shit with you. Try this lemon tree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you all smoking shit. Well, you sound like Bubblehawk. Right. It really does change the conversation, though. Because, like, when mm -hmm. I was growing up, like I said earlier, my parents hated that I was using, like, smoking hash and all that stuff. And, of course as a shithead teenager, like I was at the time, that probably made me dig my heels in even more. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward later when I had my own teenagers, you know, it's a lot harder for them to be, feel like they're doing something rebellious when you're like, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a very <laughs> different approach and it never really became, it was never a problem. I don't know if that makes sense, but they, they just didn't rebel the same way that maybe I did because my parents yeah. were so strict and, and mm -hmm. hated it so much. I was just, you know, it gave me that whole, well, fine, fuck you attitude that mm -hmm. they just never really could have. Cause we took that away from them. <laughs> it's just going to be know, funny one day when, you know, one of the kids come home and they're clearly stoned, you know, they're going <laughs> to puffed up red eyes and shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, they're going to come back straight to the kitchen to grab some munches and like, have you been smoking cannabis? <laughs> <laughs> you know, give them a hard time for a little bit, just fucking wind them up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, everybody listening to this show will know that their kids aren't doing anything wrong by using cannabis. And then growing up, you do all sorts of different things to experiment with all sorts of different things, you know. You, you have to understand what it was like to be a teenager, what it was like to be young. And don't forget that shit, you know. It's their life too, and they're allowed to go out there and experience it in their own way. We just have to try and guide them in the right direction. And being honest and open about our drug use, their drug use, you know, just having proper communication is just going to be the best way all round. But try not to put yourself at risk at the same time because you put yourself at risk, you're putting them at risk too. It's one of them things you have to find the right balance, man, and do the right thing for everybody. So it's it's a difficult one, you know. And if anybody has d- does have that problem and they're thinking to themselves, how should I approach this with my kid? Then you can always ask us for help. You know, you can find us over at persysgrowroom.com. You can ask a question. You can mark it, mark it private if you want to, so only the moderators ad- admin can see it, and we can advise as best as we can. You're not alone in these decisions and trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. You know, even with growing cannabis, anything to do with cannabis or life in general, you know, we are all a big community and we're all there to help each other with lots of different things. So don't be shy. Ask for help if you need it. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a crowdsource that may have some some, some answers for you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you sometimes we, we might have the answers over here at the High Ladies. We could always help you out as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. It's a community thing, isn't it? We're all there to help each Absolutely. other out. Absolutely. But I mean, that, that's about it for cannabis and parenting, but th- th- it can get a lot deeper than that as well. I'm sure everybody has these individual stories about where things have gone well, where things have gone bad. But, and, but you'll find most of the time when things have gone bad, you know, and, and parents have arguments with children about their cannabis use. It's because you've you've come across it in an angry way. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what you want to do. You want to try and be calm and have a rational discussion with your kid. Treat them as an adult when you have these discussions with them. Don't treat them as a child and try and tell them what they can and can't do. Because at some point in life, you, you just don't have that option anymore. They'll do what they want, man. And you just have mm-hmm. to try and be happy about it. That's just the way it is. It's 420. It is. Another 420. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is there anything else to add here? Does anybody, ladies, do you have anything else you you think we should add to the parenting and cannabis thing? That you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no right way. That's right, yeah, yeah. And and really and truly, like, none of us really know what we're doing when it comes to parenting small humans. Uh, We just take the skills that we have with the best intentions and do our best and learn from our mistakes. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's okay. And it's also okay to be wrong and to make mistakes. And to change your mind, to grow. Like I said earlier, like an onion. What works for a three-year-old isn't going to work for a six-year-old. What's going to work for your little Sally isn't going to work for little Joey, whatever. Each child is completely different. Keep it age-appropriate. Use proper language. And and if there is curiosity, you want to be the one answering those questions. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if you don't have the answers, you can always find the answers online and find the oh, answers together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. The old rule I used to use with kids was that 
answer the questions, but don't elaborate unless they ask for it. Right. Mm -hmm. For young kids, they always seem to work best, for young children at least. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, Sweet. So as good Marge discussion. Said, are we, are we, yeah, no. Sorry, ladies. So uh, as Marge said, and I think this is a really good point, that she didn't give anything to rebel against. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm, so if mm -hmm. it is something that's open and you're 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 talking about it in those years where you're trying to piss off your parents <laughs> that's not going to be one of the things because it's an open conversation yeah mm -hmm. just start listening to rap music that will piss them off enough <laughs> <laughs> but we do have some listener questions here which we'll quickly cover we've only got a couple and then we'll wrap it up we have a Billy Bonds, a sensible question from Billy Bonds. Good lad, Billy. You've done it exceptionally well today, <laughs> so well done. Uh, is Chad going to Spanabis next year? What are you saying, Chad? Yes. Next year oh! will be. A... It was going to be this year, but it happened too fast for us not speaking the language, and mm. we decided to go to Netherlands for 420 instead. But next year, yes. Man, I now went to making... Spain not knowing any Spanish whatsoever, man, and I came back knowing loads of stuff like... Hola, Fino, sí. <laughs> cerveza. Man, we got a terrible story about that shit. I don't think we told it yet, but we, we went out for some food somewhere and all the menus are written in Spanish. And I'm an ignorant Englishman who doesn't know any other language other than English. So I'm just pointing at things on the menu. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pointing at this one thing on the menu. It had beef in it. It's like, yeah, I like beef. That's cool. I'll have that. <laughs> And I mean, when you ordered it, I kind of looked at the thing and I was like, I wonder if he really knows what this is. Hmm. Yeah, and I didn't. I knew it was beef. And they arrived, it arrived and it was just raw beef. <laughs> it's strictly sliced on the raw plate. beef. What the yeah. fuck is this? I didn't, you know, cook yourself. Take it home, cook it yourself. <laughs> <What the> fuck <laughs> but it was good. I ate it anyway. Okay. But you know, it was uh, it was uh, an unusual experience. So yeah, maybe yeah, it's a good Ch idea to learn a bit, a little bit of the language. That's what I was going to say. That's why Chad <laughs> didn't want to go not knowing the language. Hey, if I knew the language, I wouldn't have ordered the raw beef, and I wouldn't have experienced that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm. Mm. But yeah, definitely. Go. What about you, high ladies? Are you going to go Spanabis next year? It's a, it's far for you guys. I know. Uh, who's paying for it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but don't you like earn loads of money as podcasters? I keep hearing about this money everybody's getting. You know, wait a minute. I on homegrown didn't fly, fly me out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't even fly me out, man. We got to speak to the bosses here. You know, <laughs> who controls that money now? Come on now. I think Joe Rogan took our share with his hundred million from Spotify. That's new. We want some internet money. Yeah, what's going on, Joe Rogan? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, get yourself some of that internet money, everybody. Bitcoin's going to go through a surge, apparently. But anyway, that's not financial advice. Uh, yeah, start a GoFundMe, suggests Billy. Yeah, that, that might be a good idea. Try that. Because it's a ridiculous amount of money for you guys to get, get from Canada to Spain. It's going to cost thousands, eh? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's on the lower end, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very expensive. You know what? If you keep your eyes open you would be surprised. This uh -huh. is why we keep going to the Netherlands because my wife knows what my dollar amount is. And every right. time we've flown from West coast of the United States to the Netherlands, it's been $800 a ticket round trip. Uh, uh, we we must have hit, hit the jackpot because we did Spanabis and I think we were at 650 round trip a piece. 
but we just, you know, it's one of those things like she looks it up. There it is. Don't hesitate. Grab it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My wife knows me too well. She's like, they're $800 right now. I'm like, fuck. I love the place. Let's go. Exactly. (laughs) What you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fuck the Lord, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Bobo Hawk needs to save up for fucking 10 years to get there. God damn. Two and a half grand, bro. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I looked at it because I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I can have a look. I'll see what it's worth. And yeah, that's flying cattle class. Two and a yeah, half grand, man. and it's like a two day trip in total with stopovers. No, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad Fuck enough that. at 20 some odd hours, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that other thing. Yeah, it's crazy. I saw a thing the other day, and it was like from, from, um, oh, where was it? It was like a one European country over to Russia, and it was like from one coast all the way into Moscow, and it was like you think this is a long distance. Like most people think it's a long distance, but it's nothing compared to just going from one side of Australia to the other. Yeah. But and you have to pay to danger to you, money to get to Russia. <laughs> well now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's an extra 500 quid there just cause it's Russia. Are we allowed to say Russia on YouTube? I know they get angry about that. You know, <laughs> get flagged. Mm. I think you can, you just can't say it in a, in a dirty way. You can't say it in a happy way. yeah anyway we have one more question to cover before we can wrap this up uh, from menasuvlaki who was he was in the chat there what's up bro he says does and marge this is gonna be one for you does strain change the effect of an edible i.e indica versus sativa i'm gonna say no right because i think by the time you decarb and infuse and put it in your baked good or your recipe or whatever the things that made it an indica or sativa or the terpenes and all that stuff has been lost. Mm-hmm. Now I heard something. Uh, I did a we did a news article on this, and I think that's really really brain sludge. But they were talking about the the minor cannabinoids in sativa that that may actually contribute to the uh, uplifting effect, not just the terpenes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's so out there we don't really know the answer. Um, I trust you, but I just know that when I make my edibles with Zittles, that if I can't take them late at night or else I won't sleep. Really? Eh? Yeah. Well, some sativas have that THCV in as well, and not just THC. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah so, maybe it's yeah, minor cannabinoids. cannabinoids. And mm-hmm. if they're not, depending on the you know the process, if they're not lost during decarbonization. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I'd say generally speaking, no. There's obviously always exceptions because there's ways mm-hmm. that you can try and preserve terpenes for like using in edibles and different things like that too. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, I'd say not really. What do you think? Hi ladies. Do you have something to add to this? We're just uh, eating weed right now. <laughs> I understand. Indica or sativa? <laughs> or does it matter? <laughs> well, you say, Chad, do you think you do, what do you think about this? Do you do many edibles? Um, I don't do a ton of edibles. My wife, uh, when she goes to her mom's house, always brings a bag. And she she does like looking for like a strain specific or sativa indica. But a lot, I agree absolutely with what Marge is saying there. It's a lot of the things that differentiate the direction of the effects are lost through that decarb process. But yeah, possibly it is the minor cannabinoids and like a Durban poison. I would expect that to maybe have 
different effect on me in an edible form than a lot of others, just because of like THCV and those other minor cannabinoids. Yeah, man. What are you saying, Bubble, with your 100 milligram edibles? (laughs) (laughs) Over over a certain point, it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Once you're on for that ride. Um, Look, you know, I've done I've done a bunch of both and yes and no, it changes, but it's more as as Monkey said, um, there are certain ones that if you have it and whether it's that THCV or whether it's just uh, other terpenes and things that have managed to continue to find their way through to the end product, um, they they can keep me up at night. Uh, but I know with other heavier indica strains. I let them go a little bit longer on the plant anyway. So there is more CBN produced at the beginning stage. So by the time that's decarved, thrown into everything, cooked, and then I've ingested it, it's lights out. Mm. So I think, yeah, for me, yes, but most of the time, no. Sweet. So there you go, men are souvlaki. Yeah, that was the opinions there. Hey, Monkey, did you have anything to add? Because you mentioned a little bit, but there was anything to add there? No, exactly. My experience with Bubble Hawk said is that it's it seems to be hit and miss. It's not every sativa, but certain strains that I've found do seem to pass off some uplifting effects to edibles, while others don't. Right. So that's basically what he was saying. Sweet. All right. So there we go. That's the grow guides, and of course, like we said, if anybody has any questions or they need any help with anything, you know, just cannabis teaching the kids you know any kind of shit you know we're there to help man we are a community of cannabis growers you don't specifically need to be a cannabis grower to be part of our community you know we just help people grow plants if that's something you want to do then we can help you do it Mm -hmm. but anybody listening to this show or you know the high ladies or chad's show marge's show then just feel free to speak to us at any time we are an open community and happy to talk to anybody about anything that's how we roll And there we go, everybody. That was this week's episode of Grow Guides. On next week's episode of Grow Guides, we're going to be talking about automated watering systems. So if you plan to go away for a few days and you're worried about how to keep your plants well watered, then this is going to be a good episode for you. You know, And it's also a good way to set up hydro grows or even living soil grows. So I thought it would be a good idea to cover automated watering systems. So make sure that you join us next week to find out all about that. Of course, you can catch us live on Sunday on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash high and homegrown. The show is already scheduled, so you'll be able to see what time and when it starts for you. But uh, it'll be good to see you live over on one of the live shows sometime. So if you can make it, that would be cool. But of course, no pressure. Just make sure that you're here next week to download the Cannabis News, the interview, and the grow guides because that's what we really appreciate you guys being here every week and downloading these episodes we massively appreciate it so thank you very much for joining us again i hope you enjoyed this episode of grow guides and i hope to catch you on monday for the cannabis news and events have a good weekend stay high stay safe we'll see you on the next one goodbye everybody 